Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, with my co-host, the Blonde Bombshell, and Kerrigan. Hey, how's everybody doing? Outstanding. Uh, outstanding. Get ready. My dog's going to start barking any minute, I'm yeah, just saying. Yes. I don't we know. Heard. I want you all to be ready. <laughs> Hounds. Hounds of Baskerville. We love it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, also- I my wine. I'm all right. Okay. Also joining us, I believe, if he's back from getting his wine, I is that the wine. Sc- Scottish, <laughs> I can't even say it, <laughs> Scottish spiritualist medium, Stephen W.K. Scott. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Stephen. Hey <laughs> Just for the record, that's water, not wine. I'm not that good. Damn. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not that good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this show, you should be having whiskey. Just so, saying. No. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't drink anymore, Anne. Of course, I don't drink any less either. Nah. Yeah, there you go. That's but the way be- to do it. So... <laughs> We, we've every turn uh, started going back to mass in, in here in the United States. We have been under special circumstances. So Stephen Scott is uh, the like the spiritualist church open in, in these times? No, no, no it's not. Uh, all the churches have been closed down. I believe that they may be opening. If it's not this week, it will be at the end of July. I believe some of the churches are going to start reopening, which will be interesting to see if they're still there and how many have closed down and mm-hmm. you know, or what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, it's 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 strange times anyway. Yes. You have to make an appointment at our church. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. make reservations. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Reservations, not an appointment. It's like going up to eat. Reservations. We do. It is. And it's exactly what it is because, you know, we do get the bread and wine. So Does that mean you have to book a confession two weeks in advance? And you, and oh, you, you do. Because you, you know you can go to town in those two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if if you've seen it, uh, Stevens. I got to see. I had two Stevens, so I'm using his full name now. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, Steve, but we, I've been watching this series called Father Ted over here. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, absolutely oh. hilarious. Yeah. Totally hilarious. Uh, the one I saw was absolutely a riot. The last one I saw, which was the uh, Speed, which was a takeoff <laughs> on the movie Speed. Yeah, the milk float. <laughs> the milk thing. The milk van. The, yeah, if it goes above 10 miles an hour, it can't go back four down miles. again. Four miles. Four miles an hour, sorry. Four miles an hour, yeah. No, it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's the bit and... of the cardboard boxes. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> And they so the the priests get together and, and they come up with the plan, and so their plan is to drive on a float next to the, the milk van and say a mass. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm getting attacked here. Oh. 
It is a riot. I don't know if, if you, you've, you've seen it. You don't have to be Catholic to enjoy it. It's a riot. The, the, the characters are, are just too much. Totally irreverent. The thing is awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was made in 1995, believe yeah. it or not, Father Ted. And it oh, only wow. ever ran for three series, each one of about, I think, six episodes. And it, is, it was written by Graham Linehan. Yes. I don't know about Scottish history, but I know about Father Ted. Uh, and it is one of the funniest TV series that was ever made. Oh my God, why that. was it only three seasons then? The, well, uh, what's his name? Is it Dermot, Dermot Moran? Dermot Morgan, I think, he died. He actually passed away. He had oh. a heart attack. But, uh, so this, the, 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 obviously they weren't going to replace him. I don't think that's the the full reason behind it. I'd, uh, but uh, Dermot Morgan, he, did, he, he just literally died of a heart attack one day. Oh. Um, and I believe that was put down as one of the reasons why it stopped, or the main reason why it stopped. You couldn't replace the main character, Father Ted. Oh, no, no, and, you can't. No. Honestly, Anne, you, you, should, if, uh, you need to watch this. If you've never seen this, it is one of the funniest television series you'll ever see. Oh, absolutely. What what station is it? I mean, what uh, what does it play on? Tell me. Tubby here in the States. Tubby? Yeah. Tubby. T-U-B-I. It's an online stream. It's free. It's free. Absolutely free. Oh, okay. I'll find it. Absolutely free. It's It's also on Netflix. Oh. Yeah. It's a waste of time on Netflix is, I don't believe it's on Netflix. Oh, as well, of course, it's two different things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not on here UK in the States. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, it's on UK no. Netflix. I'll find it. Anyways, it's a, it's a riot. Uh, yeah, definitely worth seeing. Um, but yeah, anyway. Oh, I forgot I was going to say something to, on it, but anyway. Actually, Ron, that is the Christmas show that I watch every year. It is? Yeah, every year. <laughs> Father Ted Christmas special goes on. Oh my God, that thing because is so Because it's, it's funny that there's one scene in it where uh, they're walking around this big store and then they get lost in the lingerie section. The lingerie department. Yes, all the priests end up there. But they find out there's like another eight do. priests in the lingerie section <laughs> and they're all trying to find their way out and they can't because all the bras look like pants and they don't know what way they're going. <laughs> and it's, it's really silly. It's so, such a silly, silly it, thing. The whole but, movie's silly. It's a, it's a it's, riot. It's yeah, so definitely funny. worth watching. We're going to send it out to you uh, for anyone to listen to. It's probably on YouTube. I don't know. But it, the thing is, is, is a riot. It's, it's, it's not it. on YouTube. If it is, it's on illegal. Oh, Ah. Yeah, that's the dark YouTube I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> dark YouTube. <laughs> dark YouTube. Yeah. But great thing. In fact, uh, during during the, the virus and the stay home water and all that stuff, Jen and I used to go, because they closed all the parks here and everything, Jen and I used to go to the, the church and, and walk around the, the church parking lot uh, for exercise. And we'd run into the, the priest every Sunday. So I, I, I just found it and I started watching it. And then I ran into him one day and I said, did you ever see – Father Ted, he said, I've got it on DVD. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but anyway. I think so, we can all use a little uh, a little uh, distraction these days. Uh, so. It's a distraction, no doubt about it. <laughs> Drake! <laughs> anyway, um, before the last hour, we were talking a little bit about uh, growing up with ghost stories and ghost hunting and, and how that evolved. And on this thing, I wanted to talk a little bit. Well, you know what? We have, Since we have a new guest here as and as a co-host and a guest, is that 
growing up and do you did you have a what kind of ghost stories turned you on and to uh ghost hunting and and ghosts in general oh geez um i don't i i guess uh i as growing up i read uh i was mm-hmm. a huge voracious reader oh that's good yeah read is good it's a particular as, book as a kid i just i remember going to the library and and just getting any kind of book I could lay my hands on about ghost stories mm-hmm. out of the library. Um, I, I, I don't think any one stands out in particular. They would just go, you know, collections of ghost stories. Right. And that, I don't know. I, I always, I, I liked that. I liked being scared. I'd go to the amusement park and always wanted to go through the haunted house. I just... Ah, it was always a thing with me. Okay. So I I don't recall a particular a book, reading a particular scary book that mm-hmm. stands out in my mind, though. Okay. Those stories. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So we started talking about the rise of ghost hunting in, uh, in the world today and also the rise of mediums. And there's, there are tons of mediums everywhere in psychics. Mm-hmm. And so... I wanted to ask Steve, I was going to ask him last show, but we ran out of time, is what is the role of a, of a medium in ghost hunting, Steve? What is your thoughts on that? Honestly, I don't think there is one. Not a medium. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'd, uh, the, the role of a medium is to offer and provide a service to the spirit realm and to the recipients who have a message to be received and to pass on that message to a specific individual. Now, unless you are, when you're on a ghost hunt, I've been on ghost hunts and I've had a spiritual connection, but it was a grandmother for a girl who was there on the, oh, you were right. Uh, It was a grandmother who was, who had a message for one of the girls that was on the ghost hunt. It was nothing to do with what was going on in the house. Okay. Because they came to want to speak to them. And this this is where, from my perspective as a, as a spiritualist, that the concept for me of, for me, ghosts are almost like, you know, images left behind. Mm-hmm. I can, for me as a spiritualist, I can see... I don't believe that spirits are trapped. You cannot trap a spirit. You cannot trap it in one place. A spirit may choose to come down and experience here, but I can see no reason why it would be left hanging about because as a spiritualist, when we pass, what we are left with is pure spirit. We tend to remember the things that made us human but we no longer have the compulsion to react to the things that made us human. So the greed, the fear, the anger, the love, the frustration, all of that stuff, when we pass, that goes. Hmm. We can retain it and bring it back, but we have no compulsion to act upon it when we are spirit. So, and I say this from my own personal experiences, where when I work from platform, as spirit come close the first thing I feel is just a pure energy form, almost like a kind of just a, a, a natural sense of loving. Mm-hmm. It's not a hate or a fear. I don't get suddenly someone coming in going, 
I'm, you know, and I, I feel this fear and anger, and they're attacking me. Now, you know that that's never happened ever. To wow. Me. Ever. So, no. so what? Oh, what's your ex, what's your explanation? That being said, what is your explanation of what people are experiencing in haunted location? No, what this is. I've been in haunted locations. Yes, I've been on places with Steve. I've been in places with yourself. I've experienced the remnants of the energy flow that's within that place. What we have to remember is we are all capable of being extremely attuned and psychic. It's very easy for us to tune into that energy, not realise we're doing it, and cause the effects upon ourselves. Now, that's not mediumship. That's not necessarily spirit. That's the individuals drawing this. If you go into a place with, and you bring with you nothing but negative energy, you're going to get negative response. Hmm. And it's the, same in, it's the same in all aspects of life. If you go into a conversation with someone from a, a hard-lined, angry place, that conversation is soon going to become an angry conversation. Right. And it's the exact same thing. If you go into a place that has a natural bias towards people leaving the residue of negativity there, it just takes one person to have a bad experience. And that doesn't have to be a spiritual experience. It could be something bad happened to someone there. Someone died, someone was murdered, and it leaves a stain. That stain, kind of like what we're talking about with Steve, it's, it's not necessarily pre-recorded into the, the stone, although it could be. I don't know that. What I know is, is it tends to remain in that atmosphere, in that ether, whatever you want to call it, in that area. If you then go into that with your own anger, your own frustration, or you want to bring an angry situation or an angry energy into that, what you're basically doing is taking a candle and throwing petrol at it. Uh-huh. If there's a sudden flare and a sudden flare up and a sudden flame and you get burned as a result, you uh-huh. go home and there's scratches on your arm. There's a good probability that that's you that's done that, either psychically, physically, whatever. Something has caused this to happen. And invariably I find when mediums go into locations and they state that things are happening to them, and I'm not saying this is the case. What I'm saying is this is from my personal experience. Right. It's because they've gone in there with that anticipation of wanting something to happen. Mediums and psychics are highly impressionable people as well. You know, uh, it's we pick up on a lot. And it, as a result of that, it's also very easy to pick up on everyone else around about you. And when you are in a ghost hunting group with the expectation and the pressure and the power of everyone around about you wanting to see something happen, it can be quite overwhelming. You have to detach yourself from it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the psychic aspect of you that you have been training to allow you to be a medium, unlike a, someone who's not trained to be a medium who still has their own natural raw psychic ability, they're all throwing it into expecting an effect. You walk in there and all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with something. It's not necessarily a negative energy it could, or a negative entity. It could just be the combined forces of everyone round about you wanting that to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. like that spark. Again, it's like someone pours petrol on the floor and you're the spark that someone throws into the room, then boom, it all kicks off. Oh, my God. Never thought so, of it that way. I mean, so many, we were just talking last week about, uh, you know, uh, spirits, moving spirits along and helping them cross over. And uh-huh. if they're nasty in life, they're going to be nasty in death. But, I mean, now you're saying 
when you feel spirit come through, you just feel love. So that's what he's experiencing. That's right. my experiences. Yes, it's, that's my experiences. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just commenting on it. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so it's, it's a really different perspective. Yeah, I don't claim to have all the answers. I, do, I probably only have one percent of the answers. I may have no correct answers here whatsoever. But all I can say is, hand on heart, one hundred percent from my experience, I've gone into some really nasty energetic places where bad things are supposed to happen and I have yet ever to have anything nasty or bad happen to me. Mm-hmm. To me. Well, um, let's fix that up next time you come over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll be honest, I will. I would happily use myself as a guinea pig and go into it, but I know already what's going to happen because I'm not, I refuse You're to not in any, that place, right? I'm not going to bring that negative energy with me. Mm-hmm. So when so, they come to me, if they come to me, as and as I say, I'm not saying that spirit don't come to a place. If there's a large gathering and that place meant something mm-hmm. to them, they want to come down to experience humanity again. I'm not saying they don't want to do that. But when we think about it, if we take energy into its rawest form, into something, if you imagine, let's just, if you both imagine this for a second, imagine that you have just passed. You're now moving into an energetic state that is now pure energy. You don't need to communicate with voice. You don't need to see. You don't need to hear. All your senses have dropped away. Everything you pick up is done through an energetic wave and essence that you as a human being cannot begin to understand. The thoughts and the memories that you've got, you can retain. But all of a sudden, all of that pressure that you feel from being within this human element is gone and you're back in spirit. You're now in a realm where that negative and oppressive nature of being human no longer applies. What would hold you here? Ah. What would hold you here? You can't claim it would be the love for someone because that love is a human emotion. It's Mm -hmm. a chemical reaction. Let's get it right down to physics. Okay, in chemistry. That love is a chemical reaction in your brain. But aren't you saying, uh, Stephen Scott, is that it doesn't matter what the hell we do in our lives because we're all going to be in the same place anyway. So we could go out and kill and rape and rob and it won't matter. No, because this is where it changes, is that what we agree to do when we come here, spirit come here to live a human existence. Remember what I said is we don't forget our experiences. Mm-hmm. We learn from our experiences still. And if we agree to come back, we agree to come back to experience certain things. Now, as a spiritualist, when we look at what goes on in our lives, we agree to come here to experience, to then learn from that and take it back with us as knowledge. It's about the attainment and the accumulation of knowledge and experience to make us, as a spiritual being, a better person the next time that we decide to come down here. So someone may want to experience something so that the next time they come down, they can work to help. Say someone wants to experience a, a horrible disease or a horrible condition or a physical limitation. They want to experience that so that when they come back again, they can do it from a perspective of having a little bit of full knowledge, almost like that kind of, you know what I'm going to say, a, an, an old head on young shoulders. You know, where someone just seems to feel as though this is my path in life, but I don't know why. 
it could be that they have previously experienced it and this is what's driving them now to do something about it. Take their life into a scientific pursuit to try and cure cancer or to, you know, uh, you know, fight poverty. Or yeah, but how does that explain, explain the, the the evilness in, in the world of, you know, the people that murder purple Because people? the world is not perfect and human beings are not perfect. We are spirit inside, but we are constrained by this human body that's subject to chemical reactions, fear responses, psychological trauma, physical damage, you know, stress. Spirit don't have stress. We have stress. And, <laughs> you know, that's the things that make us strike out. The threats against us is that it's, it's important, which is why it's, it's very important we have to remember that we are spirit living a human existence. And this human existence is not clean. We just have to look at how people are behaving towards each other right now. We're in the middle of a global crisis mm -hmm. where yeah. people are being SH1T to other to each other for all the wrong reasons. They really are. You know, so if if you don't uh -huh. have a certain mindset or you don't have a certain viewpoint, then it's it, it, it quite simply comes down to if you're not with us, you're against us, you're the enemy. Yeah. And no matter what you say, they will not listen to you. It's mm. polar extremes. You know, and it doesn't matter how it came about. The fact is is that it's here and people embrace it. Mm. You know, we saw this during the uh, we've we've seen this building for about ten years. Things have got progressively worse, but we've seen the polarisation that's came with the things happening in the UK with Brexit. We've seen it happen in the in America with the I'm just going to say it the the, the Trump administration and the way that split things even within the Republican Party. It yeah. split them pol it po polarised the the party itself and how certain things happened. We've seen it with the rise uh, to recently of racial equality. We've seen it rise recently with the treating of how the COVID response is going on in the world. These are human responses. And it's fear that comes right down to it. If you don't, and it's purely it's a protective measure, if you don't agree with me, then you're one of them. I don't know what they are, but you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, so stay there and don't come near me and I don't want to know you. And, you know, okay. Forgetting that maybe six months ago, it was um, this was somebody that you would have considered very close to you who's now treating you like an alien. Right. And right, right. That's, now, this is opening up all sorts of wounds. Some of them may be healed, some of them may not. But perhaps if we go back to this, remembering that we're all just spiritual beings, we are spirit and mm -hmm. our essence and our core. We are no different to the people around about us. We all suffer so the same thing. So going back to the ghost hunting aspects of this and, and, and away from the social aspect of it, uh, when, when we do have a, a, uh, a haunted location, it, whether it's a residual energy or an imprint or whatever you, you, you don't believe that a, a uh, first of all, a, that a, either a medium would be valuable in determining what that imprint is? A medium will be valuable for the psychic skills they can bring to that so, observation, but not as a medium, but as a psychic. Okay. All right. So, so you're saying that the energy that that's in there is not a living energy, but more of a... Uh, 
Well, non-living for for. If, if yeah, it's a non non-sentient. Let's yeah, thank you. Yeah, if if I go to a location, I've been in a location and I've picked up on things and I've picked up. I picked up an old man walking through a room and I mentioned right. that at the end and things like that. But that's an image. That's a replay. If I talked to him, it, it wouldn't have responded because it, it's just, it's a momentary flash. It's it's like two waveforms being on the same wavelength. I was in the same wavelength as that image at that moment. And it went, not everyone who dies in a house or passes away in a house is going to haunt that house. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, every house in the world would be haunted 10 right. times over. Mm-hmm. You know, every location, every piece of land, you know, there'd be ghosts everywhere, but they're not. There probably is. <laughs> but they, there probably is, but you have to be in the right resonance, I'll use for the better term. You have to be on the same wavelength as it to see it. Right. At that particular moment, you could try communicating with it. Now, a spirit entity could be there. A spirit could be there in a, in a house. Perhaps they like that place and they're just visiting it. The chances of them coming up to a medium and saying, I like being here. It could happen. It could happen. It's never happened to me, but and I would be like, yeah, that's really nice. Is there anything else you want me to do? No, I just like being here. Okay. <laughs> Right, that's a bit weird. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Do, do you know, I just like being here. And uh, it's, I, I can't see spirit expending that energy. It certainly never happened to me. I've never had a meaningless message. There's always been a reason for spirit coming through to this depth of density of life to want to get a message through. It's not easy for them, which is why the mediums have to meet them halfway. You know, mm-hmm. the medium usually gets themselves worked up and builds up their power, builds up their energy and meets them at the... Tries to at least try and get to the halfway point so that you get a, a reasonable communication there. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we've got spirit, very light, etheric, soft energy coming down onto through all this muddy human. Speaking about soft energy, it's time for a break now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, Ann and Ron and our special guest, Stephen W.K. Scott, right here on Tojanet and Parrax Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant and Messier Family Log. We'll be right back. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, Stephen Scott. Thought I was losing my hearing there for a minute. That music was going up and down and up and down. I'm like, oh, you heard that too. Huh? Do I talk now? Do I? Nope. I better wait. <laughs> <laughs> so before the break, we were talking a little bit about mediums and ghost tents. So I would have to ask Stephen then all these EVPs that people are getting they can't be real spirits then. Well, they could be. That could be spirit attempting to communicate with them and being picked up in that. Uh, there's no reason why that could not be because it could be a direct message for them. Now, it's, I'm thinking more in terms of the traditional use of EVP where someone listens to white noise and hears something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm almost EVP deaf. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's an internal cynic permanently in my mind that goes, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, having grown up in the uh, with the technology of the Spectrum 48K computers, most of it sounds like the old digitized speech that used to come out of that. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's EVPs can be, uh, no, EVPs can be, and I have to say this is can, I'm not saying always, can be the projection of that individual onto something they're listening to. It could be that the waveform of any form of residue or vocal residue that remains on a psychic level is being picked up at the correct waveform. I don't know. I don't know the technology of it. Um, all I know is that uh, EVP is something that I would be interested in looking deeper into, but I find and this is going to sound really. I'm I'm actually quite a sceptical, cynical person at the best of times, particularly with mediumship. I'll usually doubt myself most more than anyone else, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's um, uh, when it comes to things like EVPs, I I can think of common sense reasons for them to be there for the majority of them, and then you hear some that all of a sudden just take your breath away that have come from nowhere that don't seem to be attached to anything that aren't just white noise that maybe your ears are replaying as a sound and sometimes it comes across I think they call them class A don't they some are class A and some are very interesting Um, that may very well be spirit trying to speak to someone now Mm -hmm. what's then interesting is how your brain interprets the sound because I've, I've, I've heard class A EVPs played and I've had them played in a room where uh several sounds could be heard and six of us heard completely different things we all wrote it down but apparently wow. it was a good class A now one of the best EVPs I ever heard was in Mary King's Close and ironically in a strange twist of fate nobody else heard it clearly but me 
and it was so clear and it was in the Chesney's house in Mary King's Close and they played this old EVP and everybody heard this noise <laughs> now, what I heard was I was murdered almost oh. as clear as day now what could be happening here is if a group of people appeared in the room at Chesney's house and the spirit that of Chesney had decided for whatever reason to come down and inspect that to make sure that the old house was still going to be kept okay and decided to say that, I don't know if I heard it on a mediumistic level or because they were playing the EVP. Right. I don't know. I honestly cannot tell you that. So it was, but all I know is when I heard it, it was clear as day. And then the second time they played it, it wasn't as clear, but I still heard it. And it was clear. And of course, he was actually murdered in that room. Mm. So, the, sorry. The interesting thing about EVPs is a lot how you hear them. Uh, certain environments can have an effect on what the EVP sounds like. I mean, ideally, it's, it would be just a headset. Uh, and, and you wouldn't know what it was going to say unless until you played it. It's an example of that is that uh, we do the ghost tours there, well, we used to do them, not anymore. Uh, the ghost tours at uh, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. And uh, on one of our first investigations here, Karen Marcy, who was our EVP specialist at the time, uh, end of night was up in the lighthouse and she said, uh, if you're, you know, we're going to leave now if there's anything you want to say. Um, now's the time and then something was recorded now we know what this is and and when we play it and I know what it is and we play it inside the lighthouse uh, everybody hears like be quick or something like that but the EVP is crap you know, think the, we'll leave it now is anything you like to say crap okay so that's the, the EVP that she heard but when we play it in the base of the lighthouse, it sounds like be quick or something like that. It's it's not a class A to start with, all right. But the interesting thing is Steve came over one year and we, we had so many people that we played the EVP in the outside of the lighthouse. And when they played it outside, everybody heard crap. <laughs> which which is in, totally different because the environment was uh you know, more what's the word? Uh more contagious, uh, not contagious, uh, more, yeah, more better, for lack of better words. <laughs> acoustics, but, the acoustics were better. Yeah, I was going to say, the acoustics are different. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. Acoustics were was different. So, uh, some, and, and some of these EVPs, that's the the problem with them. They have to be heard under, you know, good conditions. But I wanted to go back to the to the ghosts and, and, and haunted locations and everything. Um, as you know, Steve and I work with a, a trans medium, Maureen Ward, and uh, Leslie Martin as well, who's not a trans medium, but a medium. And we, we find sometimes that we do an investigation, we have spirits uh, that come, that are there, that I call uh, street ghosts. And basically, they're nothing to do with the place or nothing to do with people involved there, but they're realize that someone is attempting to contact the other side uh, and they they come through on uh, on that particular night. Uh, it, once again, nothing to do with the place or anything, but they realize that people's trying to contact, they want to be heard, so they come through. Is is, is that possible under, under your thoughts? 
Yes, it's, it is possible, particularly if you're working with a trans medium, because a trans medium goes into a much deeper state than a, a, a generic medium. A generic on, medium. <laughs> on a platform, because it's... Well, trans, trans mediumship is a specialism within mediumship itself. Right. It, it requires much more in-depth training, and it requires... I know people who sat in trance for 20 years, and they're only just starting to scratch the surface of it now and get things happen, particularly the physical trance. Uh, they've, they've been doing this for a very long time, and it's only now that their spirit are comfortable enough working with them that things are actually starting to happen for them. And it is indeed possible that that, that could happen. However, what we've got to remember is the history of a building is not the history of a building. What we know is the history of that place is only going back a very short period. changed during trance. Transfigured. It, it transfigured, basically. It was a transfiguration. My wife has seen this happen once when I was at a gallery, for a charity gallery, and my mother's face came down over mine. Oh, wow. Which I obviously didn't see. Um, mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> when she told me, I kind of felt like, you know, a bit from Men in Black, you know, wearing an Edgar suit kind of thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it felt a bit weird when I heard about it. But it, it happened in a red light training session that we did. And two uh -huh. of the people watching recognised it as an old minister that they used to 
be part of their church. Ah. But no one else did. Now, we've only... But, so that's another level of, of where tra- everything changes with trance. You know, uh, things can happen that don't normally happen. So it's entirely possible that the power of the medium going out in trance draws someone to them to express themselves, which is why when you go into trance and you get uh, people who go so deep into trance that they can start delivering messages, uh, way back in the early days of training, we were experimenting with trance at one of the churches that I went to outside Glasgow. And I now I can't for the life of me remember, which is the weird thing about trance. You, I really remember when I came out of it. Uh, I delivered a couple of sentences from a gentleman who spoke as though he was from America, mm-hmm. who spoke as though he was, like, it's going to sound crazy, like, almost like from a Western movie, so from the South. You, you uh, know, like, from I the would have loved South. to heard that, Stephen. <laughs> he kept talking about the Padre, mm-hmm. which was the weird thing. And I can't remember the name, but I went away and I checked the name, and there was indeed a gentleman in America who passed away around about you know, in the middle of the 1850s who lived in a small town of the same name as to the one I was in. Hmm. Now, that was really weird because it's that's an example of where you go deep into a, your power and it's almost like shining a light into the pitch dark. It can be seen, and then spirit know you're trying to develop or you're looking for a specific thing, so they decide to come down and engage with you to build your skills, to get information working. Sometimes it's not about the recipient. Sometimes spirit want to work with the medium to build their skills. Mm-hmm. And that's when I usually find you get the kind of random message coming in. I was just passing by and I saw that big light and I thought I'd come over and help you work in your skill. So, I mean... The- when we do our red light science, that's what we do. We, we call the spirits to work with us on that. And, and which brings up the next topic I was going to talk about, which is uh, physical mediumship, where we have spirit that comes into our realms and actually interacts with us through physical items. Why would they do that if, if – yeah, why would they do that? Invariably, at the, at the start of the rise of spiritualism – this happened because there's several books been written about this. In fact, it's quite a lot of books been written about this. Uh, but one of the ones that I prefer uh, to read is um, Harry Edwards. And he talks about uh, some aspects of this in great detail as well. Because there's at the rise of spiritualism, when everything was taken off, people were looking for proof that this was genuine. And the best way to do that was to provide some sort of physical proof. Now, this is where the sceptics can raise an eyebrow and the cynics can shrug their soul, shoulders and just shake their head. Yeah, they all do that anyways. They'll do that anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in this day and age, the need for proof is not there as much because it's already been proven, which is why you don't see as much physical mediumship coming forward. However, uh-huh. we also have to point out that in the early 1900s, the physical mediumship aspect was completely mangled by certain people. <laughs> and uh, it was rather than sitting about for hours waiting on one small piece of evidence happening, a lot of fakery went on to try and prove a point. So the whole thing was hijacked and, you know, kind of, 
almost self-sabotaged with regards to proof. But there's actually more fuel to the fire for the sceptics. So um, when it comes down to physical mediumship, physical mediumship is a very refined skill. And as I say, I've, I know a gentleman in the east coast of Scotland who's been doing this for about 20 years, been sitting now for about 15 to 20 years. And okay, he's only started, <laughs> I know he's, he's, he's yeah, sores and cramps, what can I say? Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, he's been sitting working on his trans mediumship for a long time and he's only now starting to get things happening. And it's happening with a very select group. He's had the same group for about eight years, nine years. Mm-hmm. So that group has become comfortable enough with itself and spirit have become comfortable enough with that to make that work. Now, why do spirit choose to do that? It's For me personally, it's because the medium is still building, you're constantly building your skills. The, the spirit are still using the medium's energies to work and manipulate all of this that's going on round about them. And the gentleman I'm talking about, his role in this existence may be to come down and further his skills so that he can then pass that knowledge on to others. And that's why spirit are coming to work with him. Uh, I don't know, again, until you're in that situation, until you're working with it, I'm sure you've had some really interesting things happen in your red light seances. Yes. And with the same group for six years. Exactly. And you'll, you'll probably find that as the group starts to become more comfortable, spirits start to work stronger with them. And it's because there's a sense of trust and there's a sense of, uh, I don't want to use the term solidarity, but there's, there's that sense of trust and bonding that's happening because everyone is going to be starting to vibrate at the same level. Whereas when you first meet as a group, some people vibrate low, some people vibrate high, some right. vibrate to the left, some vibrate to the right. <laughs> the whole thing's out of sync, so it becomes more difficult to do that. Invariably, in physical mediumship as well, spirit can come to help the medium draw that energy pool into the middle. And I often say this in groups, is that not everyone who sits in circle is there to be a medium. Some people will be there to provide energy. Some people will be right. there to provide a calming influence. Some people will be there to who will be capable of physical mediumship. Some people may be there who's only capable of mental mediumship, mm-hmm. you know, giving messages. Uh, there'll be those who are there almost like a battery of additional energy that can actually pass energy to others in the group. Yeah. You know, and it's there, there's so many different functions. And until you get a group where that all those functions are in a, a kind of balance, things can struggle a little. So very often, I think when spirit come in to do physical mediumship, it's about people who still want to see the proof of things. Because that's why you're doing physical mediumship. You're looking for proof. Exactly. It's proof, yeah. it's proof <laughs> beyond a mental message. Because you can give some, you can be given the best most direct message, but some in the back of your mind you're going to think, was that just lucky? Mm. And it, it happens all the time. See, one of, one of the quandaries we have with it is that, of course, like with Leslie being there, she is a, a mental medium, so it, it's easy for the spirit to connect with her mentally, and we, we attempt to uh, take that energy and transfer it into physical mediumship. So there's the, the little bit of 
difficulty in in that it becomes it's it's easy for her, but we have to ask the spirit to work with us more physically than mentally. And don't you think when you do these groups, so Ron, do you have like a regular group? I mean, your people sometimes they they come and go, right? They could be different people. Or do you generally have, have the same. We have people? a core. We have a so core, a core that group. does it, and and we have noticed that, like sometimes you will get a guest that comes in, uh, if a real person, and uh, mm-hmm. that the the energy will be not there. It'll be right. different energy. Be it'll be strange energy. It'll be uh, you know work against you energy right. at times. Yeah. And don't you feel like so when you have these extraneous people come in? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in general, most people are going into something like this because they want something for them. They're not there for the greater good or whatever you want to call it. They're not there for a common cause. They're there for them. So they're throwing their, like Stephen was referring to earlier, what they want into your energy mix. So it's kind of going to throw everything off. It, it's not necessarily because sometimes you can uh, use that energy. For instance, if they're looking to speak with someone who has passed, then you have goals of your group that other than just direct physical mediumship, you may – your goal now is shifted to uh, communication for uh, a particular person. Uh, it doesn't always happen, of course, but uh, right. it, it, yeah, it, it does shift things around and, and certainly the, the beliefs of the people involved. But the core group is is there for the study, for the, right. to to study the physical mediumship, to to understand it more. And uh, we do get people come in that, that they have their own agenda. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. I, I feel like I would resent those people coming in like you're screwing up our study. You know, you know what I mean? Um, no, not I, in reality, because sometimes you can answer them and it actually proves uh, what we're trying to or not proves, but it, it, it kind of validates. explains. Yeah, validates what we're, yeah. we're attempting to do and in, in how okay. the spirit works. But Steve, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the gentleman I was talking about, the East Coast over here, I'm, I'm not going to mention names. Uh, okay. Because he has a good friend of mine. Uh, you can he, if you want it. I don't care. No, 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 I wouldn't do it. He's, he's very private. He's very quiet. Just All right, that's fair. Fair enough. Fair and enough. Um, he, he, he runs what's called a closed circle. Mm-hmm. So no one can come in and out of this circle. Right. Uh, if you miss two, three in a row, unless you've got a, a lot of family assured in the emergency, or, you know, a critically ill person, then you are removed from the group. Mm-hmm. Because he, it has to be the same energy mix for him right. every week. Yes. And, yeah. and what they do is they ask, they don't go into it looking for evidence. They ask Spirit to use the group as a resource to help build a stronger bond and to give evidence of spirits' workings through the group. And sometimes by doing that, they don't always ask for things to be moved. They have a goal in mind. Sometimes they ask for spirit to come through, use the collective energy of the group and use healing. 
you know, distant healing or healing okay. thoughts and all that yep. kind of thing for specific people or events or things. So it's not all about just, you know, quick, can you, know, can you blow this trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> so it's... It, but, no, we want to communicate, but we, we do it, we, we're attempting to do it communication physically rather than mentally. That's That's the goal, to try to understand how spirit communicates physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's—I think that's quite fascinating because it's—it's it's a slightly different angle on it from yeah. tra- traditionally well, what I would be expecting people it, in the trans workshop to do. Well, you—I mean, you—you're in that spiritualist church mindset, correct? Yes. Yeah. Not as much now. Um, Can I? I'm still very much a spiritualist at heart, but I'm not. I've not fallen out of love with the spiritualist churches, and I've not had an argument with right. them before anyone gets concerned and upset. It's nothing like that. I'm yeah. just working in my own way at the present moment, and okay. I'm, I'm still a part of it. But uh, I'm definitely kind of just trying to find my own space. Uh, life's just been too hectic the past couple of, uh, certainly the past year, just to kind of get too much involved back oh. into it. But yeah. things are things are moving. You never know what's going to happen in the future again very soon. So um, we'll see how things pan out with that. But um, yeah, the. The spiritualist church mindset is very much along the lines of the mental mediumship, personally, right. in my personal experience. Right. You will get private groups that still practice closed circle work. I often describe the circle work as an open circle. It's where, if you imagine a, a circular uh, pool, and there's eight taps that drip consistently. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. There's eight taps dripping consistently exactly the same point every single time. Then as that as they drip, you get these lovely ripples that meet in the middle and there's a lovely cascade. And then in the open circle one week, all of a sudden one of those taps is off. And instead of it dripping, you get someone coming in and they're literally pouring a gallon of water on yeah. the side of the pool. And <laughs> it, it, it throws everything up. And it does, get the it same does. Yeah. But sometimes that energy can be good to work with, but the group has to collectively be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest failures for me in these types of trans groups and closed circle, sorry, open circle groups, particularly the open trance is very hard, so my hat goes off to you for doing that, is... When you turn up and all of a sudden there's three people not there, the group is not collectively or spiritually. Yeah, that's not a good thing. Unfortunately, we're running out of time there, Steve, so I'm going to have to cut you off here, unfortunately. So anyways, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Anna and Ron. And I want to mention, uh, check out our uh, online workshops that are coming up on the 21st with Tuesday is – um, a uh, mirror scrying workshop with Leslie Maiden and myself. And on Thursday, the 23rd, uh, it is automatic writing uh, workshop with uh, Maureen Wood and myself. And you can find out more through circlesofwisdom.com. Uh, go to my website, anygoesproject.com. Steve, I want to thank you so much for lasting two hours with me. I would like to thank you for putting up with me for two hours. <laughs> no, it's been a blast. <laughs> Two two different shows, totally different uh, in in feeling. I, I thought this is the mature one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Once we get rid of the little boy, then we're okay. <laughs> All right, I'll take that as a compliment then. Uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so everybody, stay safe and good night and God bless. Thanks again. Good night, Steve. everybody. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Steve. Thanks, Steve.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.